So uh, welcome everyone to our Coffee with the Pro podcast. And with me today, um, very fortunate, we have Paul Barlow, who is a graphic designer and communicator. And uh, Paul, who is the founder and creative director of the London studio, Ellen Co., which has been running 18 years. Is that right, Paul? Hi, Daniel. Yes. Uh, yes, 18 years. It's the same age as my youngest daughter. So I do remember that one. So uh, that's good to know. And I think it's also worth pointing out it's a certified B Corporation, which um, I'm sure you can kind of explain that a bit later in the podcast. But I think that's quite interesting to mention. Yes, I mean, it's um, I I guess I wear several several hats or two hats in in addition to Elenco, which is our branding and design agency. We also um, run a charity which is Creative Conscience, and uh, some of you may have heard of that, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about that in a, in a minute. Yeah, I was definitely going to mention that as my next thing, but yes, Creative Conscience, you're one of the co-founders, and we do, um, I think our third years have actually recently finished a project where some of them have done the Creative Conscience brief, so hopefully you'll be getting some entries from them. Great, look forward and to I'm, it. Yeah, and definitely mentioning to my second years as well. So I think it's worth saying the Creative Conscience um, uh, I mean, do you want to kind of give a, a little bit of background about yes. that and what it sets out to do? Yes, it, it was Creative Conscience really was set up in order to try and inspire, really, I, I guess, people who are who are design or creative students from all, all sorts of backgrounds, whether it's graphics, fashion, product design, um, any, any, any discipline through to architecture. Um, it's trying to get get people to engage in social and environmental projects. So we started off with an awards and we now uh, run various workshops and programs, um, change makers programs. So it's it's really about trying to engage um, mainly young people. And I say that as a a 50 something year old um, to uh, take on some of the issues and challenges that that the world faces now. which I guess my generation has managed to, uh, to to mess up for everyone. I think it's a, it's a very, yeah, it's an amazing um, award and kind of project. And you see some really great projects coming through. Um, yes, it's, it's, I mean, I would, everyone, you know, do go and have a look. I, I, I mean, it's a really good resource because you can see, um, you know, looking for a bit of inspiration. There's some great projects and, and you know, we've been going with Creative Conscience uh, since 2012. So we're coming up to, to nine years. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of lot of work in there. And it, a lot of the, the projects, or I should say some of the projects, we try and connect people and get projects off the ground. So if we think there's a great idea, we try and connect some of the winners with people who we know, whether it's in charities or other organizations, who can help them bring those ch- those projects to fruition. So it is all about action. It's not just about talk. Um, you know, it's about try- trying to create change. So I mean, that's really, yeah, because I think for a student, I mean, one thing with these projects you see is they have these really great ideas, but it's then how they can actually take those ideas and, and have, have, have impact and make them actually work. So I think that's Really, you know, really good that they can you can kind of take those projects and and kind of start to kind of get the students' projects to actually happen. I mean, do you have any examples of projects that have been really successful? Yes, I mean we've got um, one of the, one of our first year. Uh, I say first years. One of the first years we we ran the awards. We've got um, 
we had a young lady who was about to get up, give up illustration and she was really sort of fed up with it. She was from Romania. She was over in the UK um, and we'd met her uh, and Chrissy, who's my partner who runs Creative Conscience, had met her and had seen one of the projects she was doing and encouraged her to do this, this project, which was um, around bullying. And it was a, an illustrated book. So it was, a, it was an illustrated um, I mean, I would say, say almost like a novel. Um, and she'd done these beautiful illustrations and, and she ended up winning an award and we linked her up um, to some publishers and then she went back to Romania and she got this book published. Um, and it was, on, it was published online and she managed to get, it was all about the subject of bullying, which is something that had affected her. And she got, I can't remember what the stats were, but I mean, it was incredible amount of response from people saying, look, we read this book. It made me feel like there are other people out there like me. Um, even people saying, you know, it, it had sort of, it had helped them and prevented suicide. I mean, just in, incredible stuff. So you, you never know how this, this work's gonna, going to end up touching people. Um, we've had more recently um, a couple of guys who um, did a, a project <laughs> creating and they were graphics this is an interesting story because they were graphic students and they ended up um, working on a project which was turning old potato and potato peel into a sort of an environmental mdf um and uh again we you know they were one of our winners and we you know, we managed to link them up to some people who were kind of working in this area and they are doing really well. They've got some funding. Um, so that was an interesting project in two ways. One, because it was a couple of graphic designers who ended up sort of doing product design. And I think the other thing was that it was the, the there were two of them and it was a team involved and they were really strong because there were two of them. And, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, would be useful to talk about. It's, it's how, how you work and, and, you know, working in teams will always get you, I think, further than working alone. I think that's, that's really fascinating to hear and particularly the stuff about kind of working together. I know with our students, we've been doing a lot of group work recently, but even on these kind of bigger projects, um, and also graphic designers kind of working in product design. I mean, I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of the time it's about the creative mind and the ideas that that students can come up with are usually the kind of the strength is the kind of the core of the project rather than mm. I think sometimes that glossy design that's kind of put on the top. Yes. Um, and I think. Yes, I think. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I think you're right. And it's it's very much I think as creative people, it, it is all about ideas. Um, and there's two, I think there's, there's two quite different, um, parts of the brain when you are creative and it tends to be that you, some people are lucky enough to be able to work with both, um, but is the, the creative conceptual side. And I think as a graphic designer, or you can turn your, your, your brain to any problem. It's all about problem solving. And, and then the second part then is how do you bring those things to life? How do you implement? How do you make things work? How do you, how do you stick with an idea and implement it? Um, which is quite often a very different set of skills. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about this in a minute when, when we're looking to hire people, you always look at that, that spectrum. Thank you. And yeah, I kind of digressed a little bit with the creative conscience, but I, I think it's, it's quite a nice way actually to start um, because it does, you know, such, such great work. 
But I think maybe if I go back to kind of the, the script that I have here and the, the questions from the students, I think it, it would be quite nice to actually perhaps talk a little bit about yourself, because I know students, they're always quite interested to know that, you know, how you kind of entered the industry and, and that kind of experience of, of kind of getting your foot in the door and starting oh, yes. out going into to Ellen Co. I mean, like one question here that I'd like to read out from one of the students was, you know, do you have any tips for young creatives trying to get their foot in the door. So it'd be quite nice to kind of hear about how you kind of, because I know as a student, you explored quite um, projects that were, you know, quite environmentally, um, had environmental concerns. And then how you kind of went about from being a student coming, you know, going through to, to Ellen Co. Yeah. Big question. Yes, well, so I, I, um, I, I gra graduated back in the dark days of the late 1980s and um, you're right, as a student, I did quite a lot of projects that were around um, sort of social issues and environmental issues. Um, I think then I got to my third year and, and I actually I spent my my last summer vacation before my third year in China, um, which was the one of the first years. It was the first year that, that Westerners could go into uh, Nanjing. And it was, you know, that was a fascinating experience. And... But I sort of came back from there and I was having I had a sort of real tussle between, well, um, I kind of want to do interesting stuff and I want to write and I want to sort of tell stories, you know, visually. Um, but at the same time, I kind of had this thing coming towards me, which was I knew I was going to have to leave college and get a job and I had to earn money. And there was this there was definitely this conflict um, between kind of earning money and doing the right thing. And actually what I ended up doing was you know, getting the job and earning the money. And I think that was very much about um, peer pressure um, and my contemporaries. And I, um, you know, doing an arts course, you know, you do a foundation and I'd taken had a year traveling. And so most of my friends were off working. Um, so I, I kind of got, got, the, got the job by doing, this was pre-computers and, and uh, but it's the same principle. I wrote a lot of letters or emails um, and I it, it was it was a numbers game and I really still believe that it's about you just need to contact lots and lots of people and I, I just contacted I think I had a um, I know I actually wrote um, about 60 or 70 letters um, and um, you know you get some response uh, and and you know, but I, I kind of knew I just I just wanted to go and talk to people. And I think it's really important when you start off, get get out there and talk to people. You know, it's it's all about and I'm sure you sort of hear this again and again, but it's about it's about creating a network. And I think you, you, you realize as you go through, you know, and this I think is true of life. It's true of business that it's not all about what you can get out of it. It's what you can give to other people. And I think if you have your eye on how can you help other people as well as how can they help you. So, you know, I used to I'd go to talk to all sorts of people who weren't necessarily the businesses I wanted to work with. But I learned from talking and, and, and I'd ask them, well, do you know anybody I could see who you think would like my stuff? So it's just getting, you know, when you get a foot in the door, it's making sure you take advantage. So um, I, I've heard a very very and please interrupt me Daniel if I'm going on but a very very sort of brief synopsis I ended up spending the first 14 years of my life working for big branding and design and branding agencies 
Um, and uh, I ended up in New York for about three years, and we were working on on huge brands, you know, British Airways. Um, we created the the GlaxoSmithKline brand. We, you know, it was all, it was names that you could go and tell your mates, and they'd go, "Wow, you did that!" And you'd see your logos everywhere. Um, so it was great for the ego, but not for the soul. And yeah. um, uh, it came to the about sort of 2000 and 2002, and I ended up getting a, um, a redundancy package. Um, we were sort of buying companies and then getting rid of people. And you know, it was one of those sort of downturns. So I took a, a package and I went to join some friends who worked in a tiny agency called Big Fish, who actually have done very well since. Uh, and that was great for six months, just learning a lot about how small companies work um, and then sort of setting up Elenco probably just at the wrong time um, when I, I had uh, two small children and a, a big mortgage. Um, so and from there, it's, it's just been a sort of 18 years of, of we've, we've never had I've never had an ambition to grow a big agency. Um, but over the years, I guess we've become more and more about doing work that's interesting and that that is um, not always ethical, but it's it's stuff that, that we believe um, we, you know, we, we hope will make a difference. Um, so that's that's the the, the potted history. Um, and, you know, along the way, obviously, we, we then sort of teamed up with my partner uh, who it had just started Creative Conscience. I mean, literally um, sort of a couple of months before we met, um, and then getting involved in the B Corporation movement. And the 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 B Corporation is stands for originally stands for Benefit Corporation, um, and it comes out of the U.S. and it was a a movement started I think about fifteen years ago, and it was it was really founded on this idea that that business should be a force for good. And if we kind of think back into the sort of uh, the annals of history, that's what business was. Um, and uh, but but increasingly, business has become about making a profit, um, you know, at the expense of all else. And B corporations is effectively it's like a, uh, um, uh, you get sort of heavily audited and, and you get um, rated on different um, different aspects, so from your environmental footprint to how you treat your staff, to how you work with your community and your suppliers, to how the company is set up. Uh, and one of one of the, the core things is is with B corporations, and there are more and more creative agencies who are now becoming B corporations. And effectively, your your the legal uh, you change your your legal agreement with the company that says it's not just about profit. It's about you have to any any decision isn't just about is this going to make us money. It's yes, profit is you've got to make a profit. Um, you know, to keep in business, you've got to make a profit, but you have to balance that with the environmental impact and with the the people impact, the people. So it's people, planet, profit. Um, and you know, and that means you know how, how how will people be involved? How will the how will the team work? How will your suppliers? Which suppliers are you using? Um, you know, are you doing things effectively ethically? So that that's the B Corporation movement, and um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fascinating it's a fascinating and a very fast growing business. Um, people who have recently become B Corporations, uh, gosh, Body Shop, um, Jamie Oliver. Um, Danon, actually a huge, huge um, French business, um, 
and many other people like Innocent Drinks, um, Ben and Jerry's. So it's 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 really I mean about business trying to do the right thing. Um, I mean, has that changed how Ellen Co. kind of what client work you take on or what projects you take on being a B Corp corporation? Um, it, it it's it hasn't it it. I think we are on a we are on a journey already, uh, and so I think what it would change. I mean, in, listen, in, in, in over my career, I have created I've created the the brand for the biggest oil company in the world about 20 years ago, a company called Saudi Aramco. I worked with Shell for five years. Um, I, we, we, you know, I've, I've worked with businesses that I absolutely, you know, abhor now. And uh, so I would absolutely say we will not be working with, uh, we will not be working with big finance or with, um, with fossil fuel businesses. But more than that, what we're trying to do is work with organizations whose Founders have similar value set. Um, I mean, we have worked with some, some small financial uh, businesses who are working, you know, financing fintech uh, or, or you know businesses that we can believe in. Um, you know, we work with charities, um, but it's not all about that. You know, it's not all about working with charities. It's just businesses. There are lots of tech businesses, medical technology, a lot of businesses and technology companies that are doing things that, um, you know, that are really, really positive and will have a, a, a huge um, impact. Um, we worked with a, a, a startup business that was effectively doing um, carbon offset, a carbon offset business. Um, we're talking actually to a financial organization at the moment who is a, an ethical investor. So they they go to big organizations and, 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 and really advise them on how to invest their money ethically. So, so I'm not sure it's changed the way we work, but it's actually opened some doors. So in other words, people will contact us now because we're a B corporation and say, and they may be another B corporate B corporation. They may be a B corporation who is working in, in, you know, retail who say, you know, we want to work with other businesses that have the same value set as us. And, and we saw you, you, you listed on the B Corporation directory. So I think that that's really the way we're hoping, you know, it will work. You know, it's the strength in numbers of these di different organizations working together. And, and I'm guessing hopefully kind of creating that change in the in the long run. I mean, when you were working with, you know, on these kind of logos with, with these oil companies, I think how at the time how, did you kind of question that or or was this something you kind of now reflected back on uh, it's it's some i it's something that i i very much look back on i think when you're working w with um you know i i think about i think the last time we we worked with we worked with shell in 2007 and part of the project was reviewing their communication and what they were doing and what they looked like. And they were at the time we were investing in uh, a lot of wind farms, or I say a lot, they were investing in a particular project. And I think part of the thing that that, that really the, the light bulb moment for me was when I realized that what they were doing was um, uh, effectively greenwashing. And so they, they I believe they would, they would doing things that were not um, I think that the messages they were put out they were putting out to the world were, were not necessarily what was going on behind the scenes and and so 
I, I think it, it. I think it's corporate behaviour, and, and I, I don't, you know, and I probably shouldn't mention Shell in particular. I mean, it, you see this a lot in in, in business that um, it, it's, and it's one of the things that put me off going into advertising ori originally because this idea that you are given this thing to sell, um, uh, and it, you know, it may not necessarily be something you believe in, um, and it and. And it gets harder and harder, I think, the older you get to work on projects um, that you don't believe in. And, you know, as designers, we're we're kind of pouring our, our souls into this stuff. You know, we're, we're, not, we're not accountants. It's not about adding up numbers. We're, we are, you know, you're trying to come up with creative ideas and, and clever ways to communicate um, what these organizations are doing. I, I always say, effectively, we're visual translators. We translate, you know, we have, we go to a, a client and they have a, they have an ambition and i always say well it's not it's what we do is, is is turn your ambition into engaging and coherent communications um and it really helps if you believe in what your clients are doing uh it, it's, it's it gets harder and harder to do stuff that you just don't believe in um and i guess i mean thinking about that i think really interesting kind of points and it's really interesting to see like how you've kind of dealt with this and reflected on this over time but maybe if you were now in, back in the shoes of a student and you're kind of looking at you know networking and, and I think it was a really good point about I, I think I say a lot of the numbers game you know contacting um, as many studios and, and kind of reaching out to people and, and, and I think having those conversations as you were saying but if you're kind of in the, in the shoes again of a student and you're kind of faced with kind of some of these ethical decisions you know do you work for a company that you you know that you know is polluting and um, would you go about it differently now? Uh, yes, I, I mean, I, I, I would. And I mean, I, hindsight is, is always a dangerous thing because I think it's very easy for me to look back now and go, well, I, you know, I should have. I mean, the, my, my advice and the advice I think you hear is follow your passion, not the money. You know, the money will come. And, uh, and that's all very well and good. But when you're, you know, in your early 20s and you want to move up to London you kind of got to have some money otherwise you can't survive um, so but I, I, I think one of the things we've learned actually with creative conscience is we get a lot of people who who you know win awards or you know enter projects and they come you know they'll email us afterwards or talk to us afterwards say well you know it's all this great stuff we're doing but we can't find any of the businesses that are doing this great stuff um, and what we say to them is, well, then just do it. Uh, and, and there's a great example of a couple of guys who went to work for an ad agency. They weren't, um, you know, it wasn't really, they were really disappointed because they didn't do enough of this sort of ethical stuff. Or, or um, And so they just, they just did a project off their own, off their own back. It was, it was to do with, um, with actually it was around Brexit time and uh, they, they, they did this project that was, you know, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, and it was about creating a series of postcards. They ended up getting an exhibition. They actually made their company famous. And then the company came to them afterwards and said, okay, guys, what should we do? Let's, let's, you know, let, let us, you know, ha what should we be doing more of? So I, I always think, that it's it's almost as if if you can't find the business that's doing the right thing um you know we, we feel some like sometimes we're training you training you up as a secret agent with creative conscience and then you can go in and infiltrate from the inside out you know so 
if there's enough young people joining these organizations who want to do the right stuff, then they will change. Um, it may be a slower a slower move than than going to the the startup business that that is doing the right thing. Um, but it, you know, it it really is possible if you if you're passionate about anything, you will make it work. Uh, so you know, again, follow your passion. Uh, I think that's you know that's that's really important um, because if you're passionate, you will everything else will follow. I think that's a really nice point about as well. The, you know, students actually then going and making, as you say, that, that's a really lovely example of making that change because. I know particularly our second years at the moment are doing a self-initiated project and mm. you know they could do anything it's a self-initiated brief but a lot of them are choosing to kind of explore projects that are exploring you know ethical or environmental impact so an example is one student who is looking at the impact of the internet and you know like watching a youtube video how much does that impact the environment so they're kind of uncovering you know the hidden of, of of like the internet and what what damage that's doing yes well there, there's there's a really um interesting company called whole grain um who i i've got to know we've got to know very well um through um the pretty conscience series and uh these guys uh have just written a book actually on exactly this it's the it's the hidden cost and that what they do is they 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 create um low impact websites and they can advise you on how you can be you know, where should your server be how should you you know what should the site look like in order to create you know least impact and of course you've got things like you know blockchain at the moment bitcoin etc where you know it's taking up huge amounts of energy um so but there is a whole movement around low carbon impact um internet websites etc so yeah whole grain a really good bunch of guys and i said they have just written a book um this is all stuff it's going to get it's going to get bigger and bigger news um, yeah. you know the world the world is changing we are waking up um and my generation has been really slow on the job and i think you know we're handing it on to you guys and and you know it's it, it's it's going to happen and i think it's going to change very quickly I think this is all good stuff and I think for students you always you know as a student it's like you're doing a project but you always want to kind of make you know take that further and it to have impact so I'll be definitely pushing some of them to creative conscience and then hopefully some of their ideas can that can be taken further as well sure. I mean maybe we can talk a little bit about Ellen Co as well as, as kind of a design studio and, and kind of how you know how is your studio set up um, I've got another question from a student here which was they were kind of asking about how it is working, you know, how would you describe working in London? And interestingly, they asked, would you suggest creatives to relocate to London to find work? Um, so I have, as I said, apart from a few years in New York, I've always been, I've always worked in London. I'm not from London. Um, I think like many people, you know, I was attracted by Bright Lights, Big City. Uh, there's a lot going on here, of course. Um, it's hard to know, you know, what, I, I think there are some, I think there are some, some really great second creative hubs, places like Bristol um, and, um, and uh, Brighton, um, uh, Leeds, you know, there, there are some, some other 
there are some other other centers that you know you don't have to be in London. And I always say, in a way, it's it's easier to be famous in a in a you know in a smaller town. Um, and you know, I, I think increasingly, I don't know. I don't know how COVID is going to affect us long term. I suspect there will be more uh, remote working, and uh, we certainly are doing much more remote working. And that means that you know we have a, uh, a designer at the moment who is just you know, on the verge of buying a house, but it's you know house a flat. You know it's 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 expensive, and you've got to do it. He's actually buying somewhere that maybe a year ago he wouldn't bought, or a year and two days ago he wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have bought it because the commute was you know was too much. But now, you know, he only needs to come in. You know, we like to be in at least once a week, maybe twice a week. Um, so it sort of means that commuting is easier. Um, but I think when you start a, a, a job in London, it's good to, you know, it's good to be in London. It's good to mix and be in that 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 crowd. But equally, you know, there's these other cities, I think, you know, again, Manchester, some great some great creative cities in the UK. And I don't think you have to be in London. Thank you. I think as well, um, kind of really want to kind of ask you a bit more about this kind of COVID and remote working and how that's changed how you work at LMK because I know for mm. our students they've become very good now at actually collaborating and working online um, through teams and, and you know other kind of software but I know at the start there was a real frustration like understandably where they've been in this studio space with all you know with their kind of peers and their their classmates working together mm. and they've moved to you know they've, they've gone back home or they've moved to remote locations and actually, in a way, I feel that they're probably going to be stronger in, in some way from being able to kind of communicate. And, and it's been a you know, real learning curve to communicate via video calls and all these kind of digital means. So it'd be good to kind of hear a bit more of your thoughts on, on how mm. you worked remotely and collaborated and kept that creativity yes. going. Well, I think I think there are there are there are stages of a project where it's easier to be remote. Um, so I think when when we have a get a creative brief in actually and we use, we tend to use I've got a one of our former designers was who lives in South Africa for example another one lives in New Zealand and I quite often brief them because I know that they're in a separate part of the world and they'll be thinking differently and inevitably when you are within a studio people you tend to start thinking you know you're you're thinking aligns a little bit more so I think the creative stage of a project, it's great to get people together for a briefing and then go off separately. And I think that works. I think that the, the bigger challenge is where you're then, the, what I call the second stage of the project, where you're developing and refining an idea and a design. And that can be, that can be harder when you're in separate um, parts of the, the world or, or wherever. And we're, we're actually doing a project at the moment that launches in early May, and I'm I'm finding that quite tough. I mean, yesterday I was um, I was actually in Brighton, uh, and we had uh, you know designers, three, four designers. We had an architect, we had a, um, a an art worker, we had a digital designer and designer. We're all in different places, and it it was it was hard work. It was hard work for me because I was on the call. You know, you're on the call to one person, they put down the phone and then you've got a remote to tell the next person something else. And so that's that can be um, that can be tricky. Um, but and also there are other parts of a, of a project like, you know, if you're coding where 
actually it's probably an advantage to be at home where you're you know you're sitting and you can focus um quietly by yourself without us sort of everybody else interrupting you so i think i i i think that there are times where it's really important to be together and yes we can all you know and i think we all have adapted um uh, and and actually we've benefited in a way i mean we do work in in uh, in estonia and in in uh, dubai and we have done two big projects um in those two countries and it's been easier because we know our clients so you know we have a relationship with them but i did for example i did a whole <laughs> i um, i did a whole audit a brand audit virtually with my client walking around in in Estonia um and uh it, you know that was that's that's tough and I'm not experiencing the whole sort of uh the the customer journey properly it's all um so it, that can be hard but then at the same time I didn't have to get on a plane and and fly to Dubai and we had a whole bunch of meetings that probably took me quarter of the time because I didn't have to travel and so um you know it's it, I think a little bit of, you know, a little bit of both, um, and I, I, I think that I think mixing it up is good, and I think it's a, it's, I think it's a, you know, we, we get coming in. I always say to designers, if you've got a, if you've got a, a, a project and a concept, the, don't sit in front of a computer in the studio and try and come up with a good idea. I mean, great, you can do a bit of that. Go for a walk. Go down to the, you know, the Tate Modern. Go to go and do stuff because that's where we get our ideas. Um, so I think hopefully it will it will have encouraged us to work more flexibly and 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 put a bit of variety into the week, um, which is which has got to be a good thing I think particularly for creative minds. Yeah, I think that's really interesting to hear about this balance and and you know completely agree. I think when we you know when we're going back after Easter, it's a much more of a blended approach. So there are days that are online and days that are in the studio so it's quite interesting to hear like the pros and cons of, of this kind of way of working mm. and yes. I definitely I was just saying, I definitely agree with the go for a walk I say that a lot to my students but I think you're right in that you can spend particularly at the moment so much time staring at a screen and it's it's sometimes just taking that break away isn't it to kind of get yes. that creativity going yes and it's so interesting you know I and I say this when I interview people I like to see sketches. I like to see ideas. I, we do not have good ideas sitting in front of a computer screen. I mean, yeah, sure, you might have one or two. You know, that it's been scientifically proven that our brains get stimulated when we walk, um, and it, it's without a doubt it's the way to to. You know, creative ideas are a collision. Normally, if it's normally people say there's very few new ideas and. But what what a lot of what we do is is it's, we're putting two ideas together. It's kind of one plus one equals three, and I think you get that by you're thinking about one thing, but you're in another context, and it just helps. It just helps the mind. So yes, go for a walk, go and see some stuff, um, go and do something completely different. Yeah, so that breakaway. I mean, you're talking about interviewing, and, and I think that probably mm. kind of leads into my kind of a few of our questions. So. I think another question we had, um, where is it? So it's kind of, what would you be looking for in kind of portfolios? And I think it's quite interesting we were talking about process and ideas. Yes, yes. So, so really to come back full circle, I was talking about how I started, but um, so I, 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 know, I don't know how many times I, hold, I, I heard this, 
but how important your CV is. And as a graphic designer, it's probably, you know, it's even more important. If, if You'd be amazed at the number of people who spent three years studying graphic design and they see their CV and it looks like a, a sort of a really badly done Word document. You know, if, if you're a graphic designer, you should be able to design a, a, a great CV. And, and I don't mean, you know, bells and whistles and loads of colors. I just mean beautiful, simple, engaging typography. And, um, and I, I actually, I did a talk a few months ago and I had a couple of examples of, a, uh, of two different CVs I received on the same day. And one went straight in the bin. I didn't, I didn't read it. Um, and I, actually, sorry, I did, I, I, wrote, I wrote back to them to say, you have to do something because you are a graphic designer. You, you need to think about this piece of paper um, or this PDF. So I think CV really important. Um, yeah, I think keep just, it simple, keep it quick. Yeah. You know, do a little graph. How good are you at Illustrator? You know, it had, you know, a circle that was filled in, and Photoshop was a half circle or whatever. Whatever you want to do, just simple information graphics, um, and send out with your you know, with your CV or send out some work um, and the the thing that I the story I often tell is of one of the best designers who's ever worked with us and he still actually does freelance work with us uh, and this was probably 11 12 years ago um, we, we were advertising in the design press um, and and uh, sort of pre sort of online blogs and things really and uh, the phone call came through and I said, who is it? It's like this guy's designer. He's applied for the job. And I said, well, just tell him to, you know, email me like everybody else. Um, and uh, my colleague said, no, he has emailed you, but he just wanted to phone up and, you know, see how it's going. I thought, the cheeky, cheeky monkey. What? You know what? I'm going to take the phone call. I took the phone call and we gave him the job. And it's that sort of having the balls to phone up and go, hey, how's it going? Did you get my CV? What? No, it, no there's, a, there's a balance between being sort of over pushy and, but having, you know, the confidence to actually phone up, make sure, make sure you send your CV to the right person. How do you know that? Phone the company up and ask, have a conversation. Um, so that's really important. You know, when you've sent the CV, you know, if, again, call up. Um, follow it up and having a conversation we will always have a conversation before we get somebody in we'll always have a conversation with them on the phone um, and I always say it weeds out the nutters but you know you you can learn a lot from a conversation on the phone um, and you know it, it really the, the the sort of interview process and if you know if you can get in get in and get in in front of somebody and have a conversation or just ask them if you get if you get through to somebody just say is there anybody you know this is what I'm into what do you think can I is there anybody you think I should talk to I'm constantly referring people to other agencies if I think they'd be more suitable you know we don't we're not really a packaging agency um, if you've got some great packaging we might you know and I think it works good it might send it to somebody else so you know think of it as a not every conversation is a job interview. It's a sort of networking opportunity. I think that's um, that's some really kind of sound advice, and I think that's kind of a good point to to end this podcast. If mm. That's okay with you, Paul. Yes, um, I think that was 
really kind of loads of information there and, and loads of great insights. So thank you very much for your time. And I'm, I'm sure this podcast is going to be really well received uh, from our students. Great. Well, good with good luck with, with your other future podcasts. And uh, yeah, I, I hope you guys um, enjoy it. I hope you you will um, have a look at Creative Conscience and, and maybe enter some of your work. You know, again, it's a stepping stone. It's a great way to meet people and to network and 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 and. So uh, enjoy the ride, follow your passion and uh, you'll do well. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks, Daniel.